Well, hey, friends, welcome to The Collective Podcast, where we strive to highlight ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness. And we want to unite, inspire, equip, and unleash God's women to be all that they can be in light of what God's done for us. We are so glad you're here. Well, friends, we've got a great episode in store for you today, and it's actually in a series of interviews that we got to record back in quarantine. We were fortunate enough to get to do a TV show on Watermark TV called Collective Live. And the heart of Collective Live was just to bring our living room into yours and to interview women with stories of amazing faithfulness amidst difficult circumstances. And so this episode was actually really interesting. I interviewed one of my dear friends, Martha Iaramendi. And what started out as a conversation going, oh, moms wear so many hats, turned into something much more special. And we ended up getting to share and learn about how Martha has handled her husband's unfaithfulness and how God and his glory has completely redeemed their life and their marriage. And so I just want to encourage somebody listening today that I hope this story gives you so much hope for your own life. And I hope that as you listen to this story, you remember that you may be at the beginning of Martha's story. You may have just been shared that your husband's been unfaithful or you've just been betrayed by a friend and it feels really, really dark. And there's a verse that I quote all the time when I think about um, this story because hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So when we can look back and go, oh, look at what God was doing. He was being so faithful. But sometimes when we're in the midst of it, it's really hard to remember. And so I think about Proverbs 4.18 that says, the path of righteous is like the first light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full noon day. So I just want to encourage my friends today, wherever you find yourself, if you find yourself in that darkness where it feels like the sun is never going to shine, be encouraged, hold on, and don't lose hope because we serve a God who shows up for us even in the midst of immense pain. And my prayer for us today is that we listen to this episode. We can believe that God stays faithful even when others don't, even when our spouses don't, even when our friends don't. It reminds me of Isaiah 54, five through eight, that says, for the Lord, your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. So no matter where you find yourself today, we pray that you get to have hope in the midst of your circumstances. Take a listen in to my interview with Martha. Martha Iramendi, thank you so much for being with us on Collective Live today. Thank you for having me, Kelly. I'm excited. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. This is amazing. We have to like have a pandemic for us to be able to get together, which is kind of annoying, but I'm glad you're here. Excited to be here. Thank you. Okay, Martha, you wear a lot of hats on any given day. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the hats that you're wearing and how they've maybe increased right now where you find yourself? On top of everything else. On top of everything Yeah, uh, well, definitely. It's been a blessing to, first, I have a job here at Watermark. I am a part-time with our external focus team, International, and I also get to help with our Watermark in Espanol as a liaison. Mm -hmm. On top of that, I get to be mommy to three beautiful kiddos and Mm -hmm. uh, wife to my husband, Ivan. 
It's awesome. And then, and then, and then, with all of this craziness for the past month uh, and a half, I now get to be teacher at home. I get yeah. to be homeschooling. I get to be nurse. Right. I get to be counselor, and now I get to drive my kids around everywhere. So. It's been interesting to kind of just add all those other things on top. And by driving them around everywhere, for you concerned viewers at yes. home, she's obeying all yes. the laws, yes. I think, right? Yes, not so what I mean, riding around, no, no, no. I mean, it's right. my kids have been <laughs> rollerblading in our living room. So oh. I get to drive them with their little cars. It's been fun. That's amazing. So for them, that's their drive. Yes, okay, I, I love it. clear about that. I yes. love it. And take us back a little bit, because one of the things I said last week, and one of my favorite things about the show is because we don't have a ton of time, we get to dive straight in. And so I know you've been a believer for a long time, but... Will you just tell us a little bit about your walk with Christ and what that looked like growing up and then also what that's looked like through your marriage with Ivan? Yeah, of course. So I came to the Lord when I was nine years old mm -hmm. and not really knowing what it was to have a biblical relationship with Him. I just went with what I felt was, was best. I found out that it was going to be a tough and unkind world since mm -hmm. a really young age. I was molested at two different occasions which started something in me that shouldn't have started at a very young age mm -hmm. and led me to live and fulfill that feeling for a very long time. After some time, I just continued my walk with the Lord and skipping to my teenage years. I met my husband when I was 15 years old mm -hmm. back at our home church. Where we're originally from El Paso. And... Um, we just decided to dive in into a relationship when we were in high school and not being grounded in Christ, we kind of just made each other our idols. Hmm. After a couple of years, we got married when I was 20 years old. And as life went by, we just grew and Were apart. your parents for this? Like 20 years old, you've loved them since you were 15. They're like, yes, go for it. I mean, we'll have to have another talk about this and another coffee. <laughs> it goes a long way. But at the end of the day, they were okay. This is really what you want. If you decided this is the man you want to marry, then wow. give us a blessing. We continue to, you know, get married. And as we grew in our relationship, in a marriage relationship, we just grew apart from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And... It just, it was, we fell into such a big abyss that only the Lord was going to be able to get us out of it. Um, we moved here about six years ago from El Paso. Mm. And nine months within being here, we found Watermark. Shortly after being here, we heard about a ministry called Reengage, and we decided to re yeah, give shout it a out. Shot. My husband yes. helps us reengage here. Watermark, he loves yes. it. So we decided to give it a shot, and little did we know that we needed it more than we expected. While we were going through the curriculum, I was able to find out that my husband had had uh, a couple of emotional affairs through our marriage, a physical uh, affair be right before we came through reengage, and a addiction to pornography. Okay. So that's a lot. You came you came to Watermark and you came to reengage thinking you were what? Just going to uh, work on some communication yes. skills that were going to maybe help you? That and was literally sudden, my thought, Kelly. It really? was just, I just need to work on my communication. I mean, we are perfectly fine, but the enemy was so good at giving us this wow. blind in front of us. And by God's grace, we were able to find a place where Ivan and I felt safe. And it was really also by God's grace that he, that the Lord gave Ivan the conviction to just want to find a safe place and share with me everything that had happened. And it was through that confession and sharing in a safe place that we were able to find 
love within Christ, redemption, and just grace to be able to move forward and within our relationship, not just with Christ, but our relationship as a married couple. That's incredible. And yeah. and when he told you, like, because hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So you have you have some distance from how long ago was that confession? So that confession was about four and a half years ago. Okay, so you have some distance, and I've heard you say redemption in the midst of that. Take us back to that moment. Like, what what was it like when he first confessed to you? You're walking and living with Jesus and thinking that, hey, I'm going to take all the steps that I need to take to really help our marriage solidify, and then all of a sudden it's more like a bomb blows and you guys are separated. Did you? What were you thinking at that time? You know, the very first thought was a little bit of relief. I kind of had some, you know, as, knew some aspect of what was like happening. Something's not right. Something is off. Yeah. Uh, not really knowing what it was, it was a little anxious. But once it was revealed, uh, it was really easy to just take that load off and just say, okay, Lord, this is what we're dealing with. I don't want to run. Honestly, a lot of people don't believe when I said that one of the endings of my first testimony that I got to share with our couples while we were going through this was... My last sentence was, I will fight till the last day for what the enemy has taken from me. So Mm. I just stayed there and I said, okay, Lord, you will do something with this and we will continue to fight for it. So it was a little bit of, okay, hope that the Lord will use this, but then a lot of grief and pain that it was by people around me that were able to overcome it. And that's so beautiful because that's, that to me is the picture of scriptures. Like if you're tempted to look at, at Martha and go, oh, Martha, you're amazing, and you are. But what you're saying is the truth of John 10.10, that the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but that Christ came that we might have life and life abundantly and not without suffering, but even in the midst of the suffering, that God might have something better. And so I don't know who needs to hear that today, but if you're in the middle of something that feels hopeless or feels terrifying or feels like there's no end in sight, um, it's so beautiful to hear stories like this, to go, you know, now four and a half years behind your back, you've gotten to watch what kind of man is Ivan today? Man, I can honestly say that the man that I married is not the one that I have today. Mm -hmm. That he is a new man that has been redeemed and that he has been able to see what Ephesians calls his husband to be to his wife. So Mm -hmm. it's been such a blessing that with gladly I walk in behind this man towards Christ and, um, just to to whatever he has in the future for us. So I'm excited. That like kind of makes me have a little bit, my hair stand up straight. Like may the stories of the Holy Spirit's redemption never Never grow old for us. That is so encouraging. And you know, that's one of the reasons why I love that I get to do this because it's a reminder of every moment that Mm -hmm. we've gone through to know that, like you said, it hasn't been anything that I did. If it would have been in my flesh, I would have left. I would have not sticked around. But it was because of God's grace in the midst of Mm -hmm. all the trash if you want to call it Mm -hmm. or just the deepness of despair that is where we get to see the lord be so much gracious so much in love and not knowing that hey there's nothing we can do but he has everything done for us and we just get to run to him it's just the blessing of having that with us that's so beautiful one of the things that my husband and i talk a lot about is that when we're confessing our sin to each other that when i'm Um, listening to his confession, that I don't just listen to it kind of with like arms crossed and self-righteousness, but that I'm listening to it with my greatest sins at the forefront of my mind. So that almost as a filter, that as I listen to his sin, I'm receiving it in a way that is remembering that before the cross, I am just as guilty. I'm in just 
I'm in need of as much grace as he is. And so I think that's a really beautiful way to see it and a way to live. And so now you find yourself, obviously what we're in right now for you specifically is not yet at a place where it's DEFCON 5, like it was four (laughs) and a half years ago, but you're in a place that's hard. And so my question now is how do you cling on to the Lord now? What is he, what's he teaching you in the midst of this? And in the midst of this, do you have moments where you go back ever? And do you ever kind of go back and feel triggered of like, um, man, what if, what if Ivan makes a mistake again? What if, what if I make a mistake? What if, what's God teaching you kind of in the midst of what you're walking right now? Definitely. It's something that just staying in scripture and walking along his people is what has kept me grounded and believing in what he says is to be true. It, It definitely has been, it's difficult to at times feel what we want to feel, especially, you know, with everything and the craziness, we can be at a million places at once, or we want to at least be right. at a million places at once. So we get easily distracted. But it's being in Scripture, being with the Lord, and spending that just quiet time with Him and just bringing everything to Him. It's not like He's surprised. He knows what's happening. But being able to come and bring it to Him and just being refreshed and filling our, our cup again is exactly what has helped me through all this craziness kind of stay grounded and stay remind, uh, remind myself of what the Lord wants to do with us. I think right now as I am walking uh, in Scripture in Ephesians and Second Corinthians, I feel that the Lord has definitely been teaching me in how to relinquish control, that I have mm. to relinquish, relinquish control to Him. I want my schedule to be exactly how I planned it. I want homework to be done exactly how I want right. it. I want to keep just this household from falling apart or my kids to show, portray at least, is something right. that they might think to be perfect or just a perfect marriage as well. There is that sin that still wants mm-hmm. to come in and say like, oh no, we're fine. But um, it's just in the midst of all of that, I feel that the Lord has been so gracious or, you know, Ephesians 4 and 5, I think it's where I've been hounding on a lot where He's just reminding us in how to be christ followers. He's given us like a whole list. And I think the first few ones is for us to be loving and patient and sharing what the Lord is with, uh, who is He with us and through us. And what a better opportunity we have to do it with our first ministry, which is our kiddos and our husband. So that's definitely something that I feel the Lord has been teaching me right now. And So beautiful. And you think like whether you're a mom of kids that are entrusted to you or not, that's such a good reminder for all of us that, man, how are you doing at checking on the people who God's entrusted to you in your life? Like one of the most um, beautiful ways, I, I keep hearing people say, you know, in the midst of these uncertain times and in the midst of these uncertain times, and I would think as someone who struggles with control, and I do too, that the funny thing would be that the idea that any time is certain <laughs> is kind of just a, a, a fallacy, really, yeah. you know, because there is no time that is certain. I could literally, this is, you know, I could get hit by a bus on the way home right now because my life is not my own. And in that, if I know that, not be morbid about it, but take every thought captive and know that I want to make every single moment matter for the Lord. I want to make, I want to reach out and, and check on the people in my life who I care about. And so I see that with you too. And how interesting that somebody who, you know, may have, with what happened with you when you were younger, um, and the tragedy that you went through, how that could create this need to, I'm going to control the circumstances around me. And then enduring 
um, unfaithfulness of a husband even more, you could clench down. But Martha, what I see in you is the opposite. It's it's not a white knuckling. It's it's a relinquishing of each little finger digit day by day of going. And sometimes it might be minute by minute or hour <laughs> by hour, right? Like that we slowly let go of the things that we want to try. Definitely. And I just feel that the Lord has been just so good and, and He's been so sweet and giving me opportunities, even something like this where we get to be every day with kiddos and husband that don't go away, <laughs> don't yes. go to school or don't go to work. Um, he is just so sweet to remind us of His truth in every moment. And I think what I love the most is that constant reminder that it doesn't have to be perfect. It right. just has to be Christ-like. Yes. And that is exactly what we're trying to run to. And that's where we kind of just let go. And, you know, there is moments still where I feel like, what if it happens again? The yeah. moment that my husband leaves the door, is it, it, am I going to find out soon that he just had another fault? And again, it's just those moments that I run to the Lord and just say, you know what, God, whether I'm in control or not, whether I think I have control or not, it could happen. It's just mm-hmm. work in his heart, yes. work in my heart. And let's just go one day at a time, yes. knowing that you are the one in control. And that there's nothing you can do, good, bad, or otherwise, exactly. to ensure his never sinning again exactly. to ensure you never sinning again. Exactly. There's nothing I can do in the same in my marriage. All I can do is be faithful right. Right. and wake up each next day and go, Lord, I love you. Lead me. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And y'all, I think about Martha's story and I think about all that you've gone through. And again, we're not, we're not bringing women here to parade them in front of you as caricatures of, man, aren't they great? This woman doesn't want your praise. What this woman wants is for you to follow after her as she follows after Christ. And man, I'd be remiss if I didn't say at this moment that if you don't know the Christ that she's following, we hope you get to know Him. That there is a God in heaven who sent His Son Jesus to live a perfect life that you couldn't live and die a death that you couldn't die. And a die a death that we deserve, taking our sin on His shoulders and raising three days again um, from the grave. And that that is where your hope can be found. And that is why we can look at Martha and say, follow after Martha as she follows after Christ, because it is only in Christ and in Him alone that that spirit of grief and sorrow and then joy and laughter can actually live hand in hand. It's only in the power and the blood of Christ that somebody like Martha can say, Lord, take my story and share it with whomever you want to. I'll take it and I'll just let it be shared. And so the only way we can do that is through Jesus. And that's the only way too, that we can take moments like this and in the midst of hearing about some of the hardest parts of your life, also inject levity and and be able to run to something fun. And so Martha, thank you so much just for sharing with us from your heart and the real, the good, the bad, the ugly. And um, my prayer is that people are encouraged by it. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Guys, thanks so much for listening in to my interview with Martha. I pray you were encouraged by it. I know that I am. And what I want to also encourage us with is, you know, we don't get to be guaranteed that all of our stories get tied up with a tight bow. One, I think Martha would tell you there's still plenty of challenges in the midst of her marriage and relationship with Ivan because we never stop being sinners on this side of heaven. But I also want to encourage us that no matter what happens in our circumstances, even if they don't change, we can trust that the God of the earth and the God of heaven loves us and is for us. 
And so I just want to ask us some questions to think about as we move away from the story. You know, part of the story was a place where Martha had to receive a really, really difficult confession from Ivan. And so I just want to ask, how are you receiving confession from other people in your life? Do you listen to that confession with your own shortcomings at the front of your mind? Even when the person who's confessing, man, it feels like their sin is so much more glaring. It feels like they're the ones who really, really messed up. I think if we can do that, that's one of the keys to our obedience and offering forgiveness. Anytime that my husband comes to me with a confession, I try to sit and listen to him with my sin and my shortcomings at the forefront of my mind that I'm not looking down on him as somebody to be condemned, but I'm sitting with him as a sister who's in the middle of the same fight for righteousness together. We serve a God who brings hope into hopeless situations. And so I just want to ask, how can you choose hope today? You know, joy and happiness are really, really different. Um, Sometimes I hear friends challenge their kids, hey, do it with a happy heart. And I always push back like, I don't know if we always can do life with a happy heart, but I do think we can do life with a joyful heart. And so no matter what you're in the midst of today, we pray joy over your life. We love you. We care about you. If there's any way that we can serve you, email us today at collective at watermark.org. Follow us on Instagram at watermark underscore collective. And we can't wait to share our hope of Christ with you. If you've got questions about the faith, we want to talk to you. We're here for you. We love you. Let's get busy serving the church and blessing the city. Thanks for listening to Collective Podcast.